0: hello and welcome to connect points podcast and sermon archives if you'd like to learn more about our church please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our facebook page thank you very much and i hope you enjoy this week's message god bless To move upon us we're here to get connected to the lord We're not here to just show up, check it off, and leave. Amen. We're here because we want God in our lives and we want our lives to be changed by his presence. Thank you for lingering and praying and being a people of faith. We believe in the miraculous and I believe God is doing miracles even right now. I believe miracles are happening. (laughs) Galatians, the second chapter. In the 20th verse, one of the more known verses of Scripture of the Apostle Paul, he writes to the church of Galatia, and he says these words, forever settled in heaven, that speak to us so powerfully, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen? Amen. I want to talk on this for a little bit this morning, the surprising result of surrender and death the surprising result of surrender and death. Find five people, give them a high five, shake their hand, tell them they look good in God's house today. God bless you, you may be seated. I was I was somewhat surprised this week in study to find that the word surrender is not in the Bible. At least it's not in the King James Bible and it's not highly represented in many of the other translations either. Yet the principle of surrender is found all throughout scripture. By the way, can I just say how cool it is that they're having to carry chairs into the youth room because they don't have enough chairs in there? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yet the principle of surrender is found all throughout Scripture. So the word may not be represented in that form or fashion but we find it illustrated to us. In fact, one of the greatest examples of it is Jesus himself. As he nears his crucifixion, he finds himself in the Garden of Gethsemane on his knees praying. He says in the 22nd chapter of the writings of Luke, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will. Be done. It doesn't use the word surrender or yield, but it is an act of surrender. But the Bible tells us that there's a verse after that it says, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. What we find in this most trying of circumstances is a form of surrender. It's not giving up, it's not quitting, it's not waving the white flag. It's not just being too tired to fight any longer. That is not what we are being illustrated here by Christ himself, but it is a surrender of will from man to God. It's a surrender to the higher authority. It's saying, not my will, but thine. And the moment has a lesson for us to learn that goes beyond the illustrated surrender. When we, re- we read, there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. There is a connection that we need to see between surrender or yielding ourselves to God and a resurgence and renewal of strength in our life. There is a connection that we need to realize between when we say yes to God and angels showing up to refresh and renew our strength. This word, strengthening, is only found one other place in the scripture. It speaks of the book of Acts in the 18th chapter. It says, after he had spent some time there, the apostle Paul, he departed and went over all the country of Galatia and Persia in order, strengthening all the disciples. Paul was a minister of the gospel, a preacher, a missionary. He was used of God to reach people with the message of salvation. But those who had obeyed the gospel, even they still needed strengthening occasionally. Even they needed someone to come speak into life once in a while and tell them that it was all going to be alright and that God was with them. And the Apostle Paul, though he is most known for traveling around and starting churches and as a missionary, he was also an encourager of the Lord. And he was one that went around strengthening those that had already experience the Lord. And so I'm telling every single person in this place this morning that there is a strength from heaven that is ready to come into our lives before we leave this place today. Oh, I thank you for clapping. But if you believe that, I wish you'd really clap your hands and join yourself to that. I'm talking about a strength from heaven I'm not talking about what I can do or what the person next to you can do, but what the Lord God Almighty has already done in this place. I believe there are some that have already felt the refreshing and the renewing of the Lord, but more are going to feel it before we leave today. Amen. Amen. Sometimes the road gets weary. Sometimes life gets heavy. But you are not neglected by God today. Heaven is in this house to strengthen us. Oh, hallelujah. To strengthen us. But I remind us of what the apostle Paul said. I remind us of what this encourager, this one who went around strengthening people, yea, even believers, that some of the words that he used to do that were found in our text today in Galatians 2. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone shows up on my doorstep to strengthen me and they start out with that sentence, I'm a dead man, I'm crucified, it's over. It doesn't seem like the right way to start the conversation. It doesn't seem like it's going to end with a great encouragement. It doesn't seem like the approach that you would take to make somebody feel better. But the Apostle Paul understood exactly what his task was and what he was doing. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I'm still here. I'm still alive. Yet not I. It's not me anymore. But now Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The Apostle Paul is making it clear that the strength that he had didn't come from his childhood or his upbringing. His strength didn't come from his circle of friends or his support group. And his strength Strength did not come from his position, his knowledge, or his wealth, but Paul found strength when he surrendered his life, and he died out to his old man, and he said, I am still alive, I'm still alive in this flesh, but I'm living by faith in the Son of God, because I've been crucified with Christ, hallelujah, I was on his mind when he was on the cross, and when he died, and when he rose again, he made a way where I could die and I could rise again into newness of life. Oh, hallelujah, the God who loves me, he says, and gave himself for me, that God gives me strength. That's who gives me strength. He says of the people of Ephesus, Ephesians, the sixth chapter and the 10th verse, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That phrase, be strong, means to be strengthened. To be strengthened, to need to be strengthened, means that somehow I have been weakened. If I'm full, I don't need to be strengthened. If I've got all the strength that I can possibly have or handle, then I don't need somebody to tell me to be strong in the world or to be strengthened in the Lord. But I was weakened by something. Oh, hallelujah. I was weakened by something. Therefore, I need to be strengthened by something. Oh, hallelujah. Something took from me, and now I need God to give me something back. Something broke me, and now I need God, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I know I'm ministering to someone in this house today. Something broke me. Something tore me. Something wounded me. But I've got a God who says I don't have to just exist that way. But my God says I can come in and strengthen you. You've been weakened by the world. You've been weakened by people. You've been weakened by circumstance. But I'm telling somebody today, I say it all the time. You're in the right place at the right time. Because There's a God who loves you more than anything in the world who says, I've come to strengthen you today. I've come to give back to you what's been stolen from you. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say in Jesus' name, amen. I am not disputing or doubting our ability to be weakened. Every one of us has a chance to be sapped of strength in this life and by this life. Just know this, that when we are weakened... We have a God ready to strengthen us again. Paul had an issue in his life. The Bible tells us that he had something that routinely attacked him. It does not give us the specifics, the details. But it was his desire for God to simply remove this trouble from his life, and so he prayed. And he asked God three different times to do it. But God does something interesting. He does not answer Paul's prayer, at least not the way Paul was praying it. Instead, the Lord asked Paul to surrender the issue to him and to put to death the idea of it being taken from him. And why in the world would God do that? Why in the world would God say, Paul, you've prayed about that three times. I don't want you to pray about that anymore but God, I'm still dealing with it, I know. That's surprising, isn't it? Paul, I want you to surrender the idea and die to the idea that that's gonna be gone, that that's gonna go away, that I'm gonna miraculously do that. I want, you to, I want you to surrender and die to that thought process. Why in the world would God do that? When in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, Paul writes these words, An explanation. And he said unto me, my grace, God says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Oh, hallelujah. I understand with you today that this is counterintuitive of how humanity thinks and exists. But I'm not here today because humanity can help me. I'm here because I need heaven to help me. And I believe that you're not here because you believe humanity can help you. Although I'm thankful for the body of Christ uh, and I'm so thankful that everyone is in this place today and I'm thankful that we can gather together and pray together, but we don't pray to one another. We join our faith uh, and we lift our eyes towards heaven and we call upon the name of Jesus Christ uh, because we're not here because humanity can help us. Uh, We're here because I need heaven to help me today. I need heaven to strengthen me today. Oh, hallelujah. I'm looking for a God who says that when I am weak, He is strong. I'm looking for a God, hallelujah, who says that His strength is actually perfected in my weaknesses. Oh, hallelujah. Don't misunderstand your Lord today. He's not saying that he wants you to have pain so that he can just show up and show out. He's saying that when we have pain and when we realize we can't do anything about our situation and that our fellow man cannot do anything about our situation and we look to Jesus, uh, he says his strength doesn't get any more perfect uh, than when we come to that revelation uh, that there is a God in heaven who loves me that much uh, and who is willing to meet me at that point of need. Oh, hallelujah. When I am weak, he is strong. I have one more quick story to share, and then we'll respond to the Lord today and see what he would speak to us individually. It involves some men diseased in their bodies Outcast of society and starving to death. It's found in the book of Second Kings, chapter 6. It came to pass after this that Benadad, king of Syria, gathered all his host and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver." Samaria was in a desperate situation. They were surrounded by an enemy and cut off from food and water. Their supplies within their walls were all but gone, and they were down to paying outrageous prices for the worst food that was left available. I did not go into it today, but if you keep reading the story in 2 Kings, you find it leads to some of the most horrendous desperation that you could ever fathom a person being in. And even though that's true, believe it or not, there were some that were still worse off yet. In 2 Kings 7 and 3 it says, and there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate, and they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? They were dying they were dying actually in multiple ways they were dying outside the walls of the city outside the gates of the city perhaps existing in some sort of small shanty usually relying on the kindness of family or strangers to bring them food but now there is a famine And now the gates are closed because the enemy is surrounding them and they, the lepers, are on the outside of the gate. They are exposed to the enemy who has simply not wanted to go near them. And their leprosy is at this moment both killing them and keeping them alive. (laughs) It hit me for the first time ever this week. That's the only reason why they're even still alive is because the Syrians don't want to go near them. They should have been dead the moment the army showed up, but their leprosy kept the Syrians at bay. And so they're dying of leprosy, they're dying of starvation, and they should have been killed by the enemy. But here they still exist in this dire state. They're there dying for multiple reasons while staring at an enemy that is ready to kill them should they survive. And they reach a point where one of them finally says to another, why sit we here until we die? Why are we just, why are we just sitting here? I can imagine the other three looking back at him and saying, where are you wanting to go? If you haven't noticed, they're not letting us in here. And if you haven't noticed, I don't think they want us out there. And we're dying of leprosy. We can't travel very far anyway. He says, why do we just sit here until we die? If we're dying anything, if we're dying anyway... Why don't we try something? I mean, if this is the end, let's get crazy. We're going to die of leprosy, we're going to die of starvation, or we're going to die from the serious one way or another. It looks like we're going to die, and if that's all that we got, we might as well do something nuts. We might as well just go out. We might as well do something that is is different than what we've ever thought of before. No food, no protection, no health, seemingly no future. But what is left? What is left? How about faith? How about faith? He says in 2 Kings 7 and 4, if we say we will enter into the city then the famine is in the city and we shall die there and if we sit still here we die also now therefore come and let us fall into the hosts of the syrians if they save us alive we shall live and if they kill us we shall but die he said i know they're an enemy i know they're here to kill us but you know what there's no gate between us and them I know the odds are really good that as soon as we get close, someone's going to take us out, uh, but we're just sitting here dying anyway. Maybe we go over there. Maybe if we go over there, they won't kill us. And if they do kill us, uh, what's the big deal? It's almost over anyway. What hope do we have anyway? You say, preacher, that don't sound like faith to me. You say, preacher, that's not like any faith I've ever heard of before, but God wants to see us to see this morning that there are some surprising results uh, to surrender and death. Uh, God wants us to see this morning uh, there's an outcome uh, on the other side uh, of crazy faith, uh, that there's something awaiting you uh, on the other side uh, of believing uh, in something you never believed in before. You may have walked into this house today saying, I don't even really know if I believe in God. Uh, I don't even really know. If this church thing even makes sense, I don't even know why I'm coming today. Well, you've already done something out of the ordinary today by showing up. Why don't we take it another step further and have a little bit of faith and give God a chance to see what He might do if we'll surrender and die out? Oh, hallelujah, our world is in a famine of hope and peace and courage and belief and vision and positive outlook. It's in a famine of all things that are good and righteous and holy. It doesn't doesn't exist whether you are on the inside or on the outside and everywhere you go, people are starving for something that is truly good and right. They're starving for something that's real. Something that they can stand on. Something that they could hang their hat on, so to speak. And if we are putting our faith in this present world, we are going to die in our distress. But if we surrender, oh hallelujah, not to the enemy, not to the world. I'm aware that in the story, the Syrians are the bad guys. I'm not confused of how the story works. But there is a piece of the story that we need to know. Right before these four lepers take this act of faith by surrendi- surrendering to the possibility of death and dying out to their future in God's hands, right before they do that in Second Kings seven and one, then Elisha, who was the prophet of the Lord, said, "Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus say, saith the Lord: Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate." Of Samaria say what does that mean it means that while the lepers are ostracized on the outside and disconnected from even the word of the prophet they have no idea what has just been declared by the voice of God that God through his prophet Elijah is declaring that everything is about to change God is declaring through his prophet that the way it's been, it shall be no more. And not just it's going to start to get better. But he says uh, it's horrible right now. But tomorrow at this same time, uh, you're going to have all the food that you want. Uh, You're going to be able to buy everything that you need. uh, And your enemy is going to be gone. uh, And everything you've been afraid of uh, is going to go. And your lives are going to be spared. Uh, Not eventually. uh, Not six months from now. uh, But tomorrow about this thing time. He said there's a miracle that's about to take place but there's some lepers on the outside of the wall that didn't hear the words of the prophet but they were just in a desperate situation and they said you know what? I don't want to sit here until this thing kills me. I want to do something about my situation. Why not have faith in God? Right. Huh. They don't even know That God has already declared it. And that they are the tip of the spear of God running off the enemy. They don't even know it. They don't even know that their act of desperation is actually going to save an entire nation. They're just in need. They're just in need. And they don't know where to look and what to do, or how it's going to work out. So they just decide. Let's just surrender to the idea. Let's just accept the fact that we're going to die anyway, and let's just do something crazy. And I'm not going to take the time today to read the entire story. It's quite a story, and I would recommend that you read it in 2 Corinthians and 7. But I'll tell you this, those four lepers start walking towards the enemy's camp, and God miraculously moves upon the camp and causes such fear to come into them that they all just drop everything and run away. God does a miracle, and they leave behind all of their goods and all of their food. And all of their money. And they leave. And God saves the day. But he uses four lepers. Who have nothing left. But a crazy act of faith. Who surrender. To the idea of dying anyway. It's a crazy story with a wild ending. And unbelievable events. But it is the surprising result of surrender and death. And so God is asking us today, what are we ready to surrender? What are we ready to die out to? What are we ready to let go of? What holds us back from believing? What holds us back from taking even the smallest step Mm -hmm of faith what fear what doubt what discouragement yea even the threat of death but God says I got this this thing I want to do I, I need you to I need you to just let it go and let me be God in your life I need you to be ready to die out to some stuff I need you to be ready to let go of some things I need you to be willing (laughs) to choose me the Lord says choose God choose him over all the other stuff I need you to die out to that I need you to die out to the desires of your flesh. I need you to die out to all of just the, of our human dreams and goals and drive. It's not that God doesn't see it. Doesn't, it doesn't mean that God doesn't wanna do it. It just means that we're trying to do it on our own and it's never gonna work trying to fulfill it in our own power and in our own strength. And it's not within us. It's not within us. So we might have to die out to pride. We might have to die out to well this is the way that granddaddy did it and this is the way that daddy did it and this is the way. We might have to die out to some of that today and just say I, I just... I know, I know all of that, but I just, I need Jesus to strengthen me today. And I'm willing to do whatever I got to do to get that strength that I need. Are we ready to discover that in our weakness, that's when he is strong. Are we ready to really find out for ourselves that I'm crucified with Christ, but not dead? In fact, I'm more alive than I've ever been because I live in the faith of the Son of God. I live in the faith of He who died on the cross for me. Hallelujah. You may be new here today, and this whole Pentecostal church thing may just be the weirdest thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and I promise you, there's a whole bunch of people in this room that weren't raised in this that felt the same way you felt the first time they came. Look at all the heads nodding. Look at them. <laughs> bunch of crazy Pentecostals. They're all so excited about well, they all. Uh, why is everybody so loud? <laughs> Clapping and raising their hands, giving high fives in church. God forbid. <laughs> Look, I know, I know this may not be historically what some of you are used to, but I'm telling you, Jesus is here. what you're feeling right now is not man-made. This is not something that we can orchestrate. That's the love of God that you feel. And you may not understand what all this craziness is, but I promise you, if you'll just take a step of faith today and you'll give God a chance. You're not going to have to sign any paperwork. You don't have to become a member of the church. We're just here to We're just here to let Jesus move upon us today because we know one thing for sure. Humanity can't do it, but heaven can. Heaven is in this place right now. The God of heaven is in this place. If you would stand with me to your feet, please. Is anybody ready to take a step of faith that seems crazy just to see what God might do The front of this building is intentionally left open. There's a reason why there's a big gap between the platform and the first row, and that is because we believe very strongly that the most important thing you'll ever do in a church service is respond to what God is saying and doing. And we've sung songs and we've prayed and we've worshiped and we've preached. And that's all good. But don't sell yourself short and don't cut God off by leaving without giving Him a chance to personally now begin to work with you because that's what He wants to do. And so we're going to sing and we're going to pray and people are going to come forward and there's plenty of room for anybody that wants to come. If you're one of the first ones up, just press in close so everybody has a place to come. And and thank you. God bless you. And even if even if you don't, Come all the way forward. Maybe just take a a step or two. I'll warn you, though, if you take one step, you may find yourself all the way up here before you know what happened. But let's lift our hands and begin to pray. And if you want to come and pray at this altar today, come and come quickly. Thank you. God bless you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com, And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you, and we hope you have a great week.